Hello and welcome to episode 182 of the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm Manny Manuel. Manny, Marvel has done it again. By it, I mean they have made a movie. <laughs> uh, that's as, about as uh, descriptive as I would get before getting into spoilers. Uh, I will also say that Eternals has uh, not been getting the greatest reviews. No. Uh, as far as Marvel movies are concerned. Yeah. Uh, so you and I both were a little um, tentative, shall we say? A little cautious. Oh, that's better. Going into this one. Yeah. Um, not really knowing what to expect. Yeah. You had mentioned something interesting to me uh, when we first talked about this, how um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. it was something to the effect of you're interested to see a bad MCU movie. Yeah. Uh, can you explain maybe what you meant by that? Being a Marvel fan... To the point where I couldn't even argue if someone labeled me a fanboy. That I have, at the very least, enjoyed every Marvel movie that's come out. Mm. Where I think, well, like even off the top of my head, Thor The Dark World is my least favorite of all the Marvel movies. And even that, I enjoy watching. So... I've, as much as I hate to say it, I'm very interested in seeing if the Marvel movie machine can pump out a movie that I don't enjoy at all. One, to the level of, say, like, the majority of Fox's X-Men movies, where I'm almost actively mad, or the majority of the DC films where I'm like, this is complete horseshit. Yeah, I'm, I was just trying to find my uh, letterbox rating for Thor The Dark World, and I gave it a three, and that is probably uh, my least favorite Marvel movie, yeah. I would say. If, if it's not the least favorite, it's in contention. So Marvel has been consistently at least good, at least as far as our opinions are concerned. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and uh, respectfully, if, I'm, if I may toot our own horn, I, I trust our opinions. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing this long enough. I mean, we're, uh, we're still amateur hacks i don't want to not give that impression what well we until somebody gives us money we can never claim that we're professional yeah yeah and even then and and even well technically if someone starts giving us money then then we are by definition professional yes yeah so we are definitely amateur movie enthusiasts that is yeah who are light way of putting it more than willing to offer our opinion oh yeah sometimes too willing yes (laughs) myself especially yeah so um yeah, I, I guess I would agree with you in that case then that uh, I went into Eternals. Um, I, I would stop short of saying I was expecting um, a letdown of some kind, but I was, let's say I was prepared for one. Oh, that's good. Let's say I was, uh, I, I, a letdown would not have surprised me. Cool. Can I put like, can I put a pin in this right now? Yes. Because this is actually something I wanted to talk about a little bit more in depth. Totally. Cool. Consider it pinned. Before we get into the movie, which we're going to dive into right away, mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck it. Skipping social media. Let's just get into the movie. Outrageous. Because we're obviously kind of itching to talk about this movie. Yeah. So, the movie we're talking about this week, Eternals. Re- <laughs> released November 5th, 2021. Uh, directed by Chloe Zhao. Uh, written by Chloe Zhao, Ryan and Kaz Furpo, and Patrick Burley. Starring Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, and everybody else in the world. <laughs> Has a meta score of 52 which we're going to get into, uh, had a budget of $200 million. It grossed 80 to this point in North America and 170 worldwide. 
to this point, which is only we're what, a week a week from its release. Yeah. Uh, the plot. The saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. Okay. Spoiler-free discussion. Let's dive back into what we started discussing. <clears throat> Going into the movie, the reviews were not that kind. Now, I hadn't read any in-depth reviews. Nor had I. All I was kind of basing on was word on the street and the meta score, which I think when I watched it was at 55. Last but, I checked, it was 52. That was before I watched, so yeah. I'll maybe just get that real quick. It's 52 right now. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this could possibly be, I hate to say it, like a DC film. Hmm. And uh, if you don't mind here, since I'm going, I'll lead us you go ahead, with yeah. a spoiler-free discussion. Um, without kind of revealing too much, I'm going to, personally, I completely disagree with the general consensus. Now, let's see, how much can I get into without spoiling? A lot. <laughs> I think part, I can understand, without having read any reviews, after watching it, I think I can understand what some people's problems with, especially the casual movie goer who is a Marvel fan. If you have liked all previous 26, 27 movies, roughly, off the top of my head, 26, 26, 27, 20, whatever. Um, th then this is going to be a com this is unlike any other Marvel movie that has come before it this is so different in tone in visual style and in outside of like the superhero aspect of it it's outside of the type of storytelling that Marvel movies generally do. Do you have an answer for me on how many number of films? Uh, 26. 26. So this was 26? As far as I can tell. That's what I'm just trying to confirm, but I okay. think it is 26. Sounds about right. I can see why people might dislike this movie. Sam, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I was thoroughly entertained. I loved how different it was. And this might be one of the best-looking Marvel movies I've ever seen. Some of the shots that Chloe Zhao was making were astounding. The Especially the use of uh, sunlight in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, just breathtaking. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Am I, I, I'm not expecting this in a Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. I won't argue somebody disliking this movie. I could see why they wouldn't. But that's not me. <laughs> I was really enjoying myself. The other aspect why I can see why some people wouldn't like this movie, it is so different from the Marvel... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, game plan? The Marvel... Formula? Thank you. The Marvel Formula. This movie... Uh, spoilers for the end of the show in our closing credits. This movie... Compl I shouldn't say completely. 
it lacks the charm and humor that every other Marvel movie has. And their attempts at it are a little ham-fisted and not that great. I didn't find myself laughing as often as I do in all the other Marvel movies, which were really good at develop, uh, at giving out that humor and stuff like that, the little quips. I found the comic relief in this movie to be very underwhelming. But that didn't bother me because I was really loving the way this story was being told. And yeah, I had a good time. Samuel, tell me why you disagree. <laughs> why do you assume I disagree? The way you're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I, 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 have, I have a couple points of disagreement, but I, I want to, uh, I guess, start here with Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Uh, when I heard she was going to be directing this movie, I was confused. It just feels like a very strange move for her career. Not that anyone would turn down Marvel money. Yeah. Uh, but it just feels like uh, uh, going from winning an Oscar with Nomadland, yeah. uh, then right into uh, right into Eternals, going into Marvel after that, just feels like kind of the opposite of what you would expect from uh, from a director. You would expect them probably to go the other way, like make a million dollars, make a bazillion dollars doing uh, doing Marvel, and then kind of take that money and fund your own passion project, and yes. then go the artsy route. But she kind of went the opposite way. So obviously, I already knew what Chloe Zhao was capable of. Neither you or I were super crazy about Nomadland. I think I gave it a three, and I think you gave it a three as well. I gave it a three. Yeah. Yeah. So neither of us were super crazy about it, but we had no no shred of a doubt that it was a. Uh, an incredibly well-made movie. Yeah, um, it was incredibly well shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. It, I just found it boring. And that uh, that translated that uh, both the well-shot nature and uh, and a little bit of the boredom uh, both translated for me uh, into uh, into Eternals. So um, I do have uh, a couple of notes on the shots that were used. Yeah. Um, just because uh, it's quite clear. I don't know if she would consi consider it her signature, but it. it in my mind, I will now forever associate the uh, sun setting in the background uh, shot. I will forever associate that with Chloe Zhao. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of J.J. Uh, Abrams. Like, when, when I think J.J. Abrams, I think lens flare. Yeah. Remind John Woo doves. Yeah, John Woo doves. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has, I mean, references to movies you've never heard of. Well, but in particular, if we're thinking visuals, the, the trunk, trunk shot. shot. Yeah, the trunk shot. So Steven, this Steven Spielberg uses mist and fog a lot. Yeah, definitely. So this feels very much in that same sort of vein. Uh, no real problems with it. It did kind of distract me when I realized what was happening, because the first shot we see of it is of uh, Icarus uh, in the sky, and I went, wow, fuck, that's a cool shot. Yeah. That's a really cool shot. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, oh, there's another sun-setting shot. Okay, pretty cool. And then the third one came along, and I was like, this is, like there are other, other shots you can do. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I can't complain about her putting her visual style onto the movie in, in a way that she thinks is really cool. Uh, it was uh, It's an interesting signature that struck me as a little odd but you know if that's what she wants her movie to look like it, it it looks fantastic so no complaints about the visuals of the movie um i i'm trying to figure out where exactly to go from here um so there was a lot of care that was put into it i think a few of the characters are really nice uh, i want to maybe just start with the negatives if i if i may with uh i think some of the main cast in particular cersei and icarus uh, I found boring. I, wow. I, oh, wait. Keep going. When it comes to Cersei in particular, and I want to say this is no fault of Gemma Chan's. I had no 
I had no problem with her portrayal of uh, of Cersei, but I cannot tell you a character trait that Cersei has other than she loves humanity. And how do we know that she loves humanity? We get told it about 20 times. Uh, I can't think of a of something that she did, um, like an interaction that she had in the movie with everyday people or anything like that that would lead me to believe that she is so in love with humanity that she would sacrifice her life for it um, or that she would betray people who are supposedly her family, um, that she would betray them over this love for humanity. That love, which is such a crucial part of her character and such a crucial part of the arc, I didn't feel was communicated properly. And uh, it just felt like a really poorly written character to me. And uh, the I guess the only other character trait that Cersei has is that she has a lot of history with Icarus, and their chemistry did not exist. Agreed. There was nothing that led me to believe that these two ever were in love, let alone are still in love with one another. I should have uh, sensed a lot of conflict between them, I think. I should have sensed the conflict that they both would have had where they're in love with each other, but one of them wants to commit genocide... <laughs> and murder an entire planet, and the other one is in love with every single inhabitant of the planet that he wants to wipe out. And I did not get that soul-tearing apart that should have come from that, I think. Um, so that was... Those those things, um, Cersei being a little underdeveloped, and their relationship, which is one of the... Uh, one of the crucial um, plot points, I guess, of the movie, um, those lacking a little bit in interest really diminished my enjoyment of the movie unfortunately um i just felt like they were a little bit underwritten um there's a couple of the minor characters who i really liked i think if if i was to rewrite this movie if i was to scrap the script and or maybe just even tweak the script i think maybe um even eliminating or at least reducing the roles of a couple of the peripheral characters uh, to focus a little bit more on Cersei and Icarus and uh, on these other characters who I actually really did enjoy, whose names I'm going to find shortly. Um, I think Druig, uh, played by Barry... How do you pronounce that? Kagan? Let's go with that. Sure, I'm going to go with that. Played by Barry. Druig and um, Fastos yep. are two of my favorite characters in the movie. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff about them that unfortunately was also kind of underrealized. Yeah. There's some really interesting dynamics. In particular, uh, Fastos, I think, is a fascinating character who spends thousands of years advancing technology for humankind with the core belief that humankind is inherently good until he has that belief turned on its head one day <laughs> in a very serious manner in a great scene. That, I think, is one of the most compelling story arcs of this movie. I would have liked some more of that. Um, also, I think Druig is a really interesting character who has the ability in his mind to end genocide, to end genocide, and is being told by his bosses and by his family, or his surrogate family in this case, by the people he considers his family, uh, he's being told by all of them that he cannot use his powers to fix that. That is a supervillain origin story if I've ever heard one, and at the very least, we should have seen some more conflict there. I thought that was an underutilized plot point, and I was a little let down by how quickly both of those really interesting, um, those really interestingly developed characters didn't really have satisfying payoffs for me. 
So uh, overall, I think the script was just a little bit too much of a mess for me. The movie didn't feel overlong. I know a couple of people online have complained that two hours, 30 minutes for this movie. I, I, I didn't feel the length of this movie. Neither did I. I wanted more. I, I wanted a little bit more conclusive uh, character arcs. I wanted to see these characters fully realized a little bit more. And I was a little bit let down by that. So um, there's nothing egregiously wrong with it. Like I wasn't sitting there seething like this movie's terrible or anything. But um, I just I didn't leave the theater feeling like I had just watched a fully fleshed out story. Fair enough. Let's dive into spoilers. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. uh, spoilers for Eternals in three, two, one, go. Fuck yourself. We talked. We've already talked about the reviews and the word of mouth. Um, it appears that you're kind of on the same fence in the same area as they are. Mm. From a, some of the reviews I've heard, again, not fully reading any articles, they basically have the kind of the same complaints you do. Yeah. For me, I think. I think my enjoyment, full disclosure, I think my enjoyment is fully buoyed by my fanboyism. Totally. 100% it is. I have no problem admitting it. It's who I am. I love these movies. Just like some people have no problem loving and enjoying the Fast and the Furious films. And there are people that love the Star Wars sequel trilogies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> people love them. Give them like Do people love the Star Wars sequel trilogies? Yeah, someone gave them four and a half stars. Oh yeah, someone we were just uh, we were just gossiping about yeah. off air. Gossip, 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 gossip. <laughs> so obviously, like everyone has their own taste. For me, the Marvel films are my candy. I love them. Mm. Like I said, I'm still waiting for one that I don't like. This didn't even come close. Um, let's start off uh, with the history of the Eternals and the setup to the film. We're given a scroll to set things up mm -hmm. didn't bother me because as we see later there's a lot of exposition anyways so didn't bother me I think reading something like this is easier than trying to show it mm -hmm. um, I I I bought into the premise. I had no problem with it. Your thoughts? Uh, the opening card, I guess the the opening uh, yeah, the opening exposition card didn't bother me that much. Although it does, like you said, it is easier than showing, which is why this style of exposition does just generally rub me the wrong way. It, it is it does kind of feel easy, like oh, we didn't really want to actually put all these relationships or these struggles to film so we can just explain it sure. right now um there are exceptions to the rule like there's like the first thing that comes to mind as a counter example would be the star wars opening crawl of just like the most iconic uh opening text ever ever put to film um so i mean maybe i'm a little bit of a hypocrite i don't know but um this I mean, I'm making a lot, a lot about this. When it popped up on screen, I wasn't like, "Oh fuck, this movie's gonna be terrible" because it has opening text. But I was like, "Oh, I wish we were just, I wish we were showed this instead." But hey, what can you do? How would you show it yeah, in know. a in a concise manner without taking away or adding to the already 
long and that's time. that's sort of the thing right is like even though i was sitting there being like oh i wish we were seeing this i really don't have another example of how this could be shot i know marvel does have kind of have like we said earlier the formula where like the opening to black panther comes to mind of uh explaining how vibranium arrived on earth and stuff like that so they do have these little opening montages that they like to put on to the beginning of movies this feels like something a little bit different and uh i mean that like you pointed out this is a very stylistically a very different movie for the mcu so very um i i, I guess at the end of the day i don't really have a problem with them experimenting with this i just don't want to see it become the norm fair the visuals of the film mm-hmm. we talked about the cinematography and the shots uh i guess the overuse of the sun silhouette as i guess is what we'll call it <laughs> uh i think this movie looks completely different from anything we've seen in the MCU so far. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. The I think the C, I've heard complaints about the um the design of the deviants. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I liked it. Uh I think the CGI worked great. I think this movie is shot in a way that really separates it from the rest of the MCU. It doesn't have that sheen to it yeah that a lot, it, it just looked different it looked more vibrant to me uh and i enjoyed it and uh, it's not to diminish what the other ones looked like i just i liked how this was a departure and different from the other ones and i think that's one of the reasons that i enjoyed this movie so much the camera moves around a lot and we get a lot of we get a lot of really great shots throughout I said the sun silhouette shot apparently they didn't work for you as often the overuse of them i don't have a problem with them just like jj abrams lens flares they don't bug me they're a signature they are a signature i'll say the jj abrams lens flares and i think it's the first star trek movie in particular like there's moments in that movie where i'm like okay we need to dial these back like just a touch because <laughs> they get a little over uh over ambitious but i think it's a it's a i don't want it to sound like i'm saying she can't have this movie look the way she wants or anything like that. I just say, when I started noticing it, <laughs> I was I was like, oh, there's another one, there's another one, and I started to be looking more for that than I was like actually watching the movie, you know, which is not the desired <clears throat> effect, I think, as a director. No, no, wow. Oh, okay. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, I enjoyed the story. I liked the premise of the movie. This is... What would I say? It's almost... Similar. Have you seen the movie um, Prometheus? Uh, yes, yes, I have. This is similar in that idea, in that Prometheus was kind of about starting civilizations, hmm. where this is about we find out more well, spoilers, hmm. where the celestials celestials hmm. uh, find a planet, have intelligent life, and they cultivate it and grow us so that they can totally eradicate us to create another celestial. Mm-hmm. I didn't read these comics, so that reveal was phenomenal for me. I was like, whoa, that's fucking cool. Brutal, but cool. And I, well, I'll get to that other point, but, but I really enjoyed that story, the story of it. The resolution of it left a little to be desired, but the actual story of the emergence, um, I, like I, I can't remember, we're about 
maybe 40, 45 minutes in the movie before we realize that that is what's going on. Because mm-hmm. we think, like, that was part of, I think that was, again, one of the things that was exciting for me was that we find out that these heroes that we're watching are not heroes at all. They are farmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. They are here to cultivate uh, a sentient race to be eradicated to use to build one of their makers. Mm-hmm. I found that fascinating. Yeah, it's a, it's a refreshing turn, and uh, I mean, while we're on the, uh, while we were just talking about how great this movie looks, I I just want to point out actually that um, the shots of I'm trying to find the name. Um, it's not Tiama. That's the celestial. Uh, their their boss. Oh, Aramith. Uh, something like that. Um, fuck. Why can't I find this? It's Aramith. Is it? Arishem. 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 Uh, the shots of Arishem, uh, you and I are only two weeks removed from Dune, yeah. and we were talking in Dune, uh, in that episode about how awesome Denis Villeneuve is at communicating scale, about how communicating, uh, just how big something is. And that's something that was really well done in this movie too, I think, is all the shots of Arishem, uh, have somebody else in the <laughs> shot who's just like a tiny tiny little thing yeah. and Arishem is this massive thing they did a really good job of communicating the like otherworldly scale of this thing who is basically a god yeah uh that th- that was something i really enjoyed cool uh we were on the topic of something else and i, I just wanted to get that out while it was in my mind now just I've... the story okay okay yeah the premise of it hmm. uh i really enjoyed the broken narrative of the story hmm. the use of flashbacks uh the funny thing was, is when we see uh, Ajax die, or we don't see her die, when mm. we discover that she has been killed, immediately I was like, well, fuck that. I, there's a scene in the trailer I haven't seen yet. Mm. I'm like, that's fucking weird. I'm like, why would they use that scene in the trailer? And then it comes later on. So I enjoyed the broken narrative. It was uh, and the use of flashbacks. It yeah, was- it's something that I don't think Marvel does a whole ton of, the nonlinear storytelling. I'm glad to see them experiment with it. That's what comes with hiring a, an Academy Award winning director to yep. work on your movie. You get sort of interesting takes on storytelling. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think I had any problem with that. That was uh, an interesting way for them to to keep going. Um, when Ajax's body is discovered, I I think I knew then that Icarus was was the big bad. Really? Or may, maybe not then, but. I did not trust Icarus through this movie for a second. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Was his turn uh, a big surprise for you? Sure was. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm not sure what... Not like mind-blowing. I was like, holy fuck! (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, at that point, at Ajax's death, no. Well, it's just the point, uh, the point of we don't see uh, Ajax's death. We don't see her actually die. We see her dead. And usually when that happens, I mean, I don't need to tell you, there's usually something up with it my my brain started working on it but um maybe maybe i wasn't fully i I won't say that like i was fully tipped off but i was definitely tipped off that there was something afoot with with her death and i i I suspected icarus i guess i'll say sure i didn't um another thing i just want to mention while it's in my head uh i wrote a note on this specifically just because one of our favorite movies to shit on on this podcast joker uh (laughs) evil clown movie i i always uh loved one of your criticisms of that movie um or one of the things that happens in it where um the symbolism 
or the the use of visual metaphor is just so nail on the head where uh, Joker is literally down and kicked while he's down a couple of times in the movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple instances that made me feel like that in this movie as well. Interesting. Um, oh, Jesus, I didn't write them down for some reason. One of them, I can tell you, is uh, Icarus flying into the sun. Oh, at the end? Yeah. This, yeah. I, this, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but... Uh, well, I'm jumping ahead a lot, but Icarus dying by flying into the sun just feels so nail on the head to me and it was very abrupt for me <laughs> that okay. it, it was uh, it was very strange the Abru- other one abrupt in what way uh i mean I, I not necessarily from a character motivation perspective like i can certainly see why icarus would be motivated to do such a thing it's just it's abrupt in the sense that he has this idea right away he's like like this is how i'm gonna kill myself and it doesn't barely give it a second thought it was I guess it just felt jarring to me because he's a character named Icarus flying into the sun. Yeah, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but all 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 of those Greek myths are based off of these characters. That's what they set up in the movie. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's literally somebody named Athena, not Athena, as she's yeah, as she points out many times. Um, the other moment of uh, of metaphor getting a little eye rolly is Sprite literally stabbing uh, Cersei in the back. Uh, that also was like an oh boy moment. Um, I don't, I, I don't get that metaphor. Oh, because... Sprite stabbing Cersei in the back. Okay. Uh, well, it was just a, it was made a big deal of that the two of them have lived together for thousands of years okay. now, and Sprite because she has a crush on Icarus or she's in love with Icarus, which we're also told instead of shown, but okay. Uh, Sprite then takes that opportunity to stab Cersei in the back, literally. Oh. And I had okay. a little bit of an huh, okay moment. Does that oh. make sense? Yeah. Am I am I complaining just to complain? It, it honestly sounds it honestly sounds like it hmm. because anytime somebody betrays somebody it's always in the back. Yeah. Like when someone gets betrayed in a western they shoot them in the back, which is the same as stabbing them in the back. Yeah. So I I don't know the only other one that comes to mind, the only other, there's two ways to betray someone. You either stab them in the back or you stab them or shoot them while embracing them. Uh-huh. So I I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, what, if, if she if they were hugging and she stabbed it that's a, it's a common trope would, would is that a would that be a complaint as well I guess I don't know I don't know I mean the the only comparison I was drawing to to Joker specifically is the comparison to a phrase that's like a like an idiom like gotcha. being kicked while you're down being stabbed in the back gotcha like, yeah as just like common phrases I don't know gotcha totally yeah. uh, like like I said I I I, I didn't pick up on it mm. but I guess it's because I was enjoying the movie. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, when you're not enjoying a movie, obviously, you begin to look for these sorts of things. Totally. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's run through the cast. Hmm. Um, you already mentioned uh, Gemma Chan, who plays Cersei. Uh, I didn't notice the lack of character development, hmm. but I was enjoying the movie. Hmm. So your complaints, 100% <laughs> valid. Hmm. I can't argue them. I can't come up with examples to uh, try to ease your complaints about it. Um, I guess I was just having too much fun to care. <laughs> That's fine. So, uh, but you are right. They don't, they literally just tell you that she loves. <clears throat> oh, well, yeah. There's a couple, there's a couple in the flashback scenes where you see that she's helping out humanity. Um, but uh, like that, I had to think about it for a second and it's not shown huge. Mm. So that's the only one I can have. Uh, 
I think she's fine as Cersei. I agree. It, Cersei is not was not an interesting character to me. Uh, there's definitely some other ones that I really enjoyed. Did you want to touch on Cersei before I move on? No, I think I basically said my piece about her. I was okay. disappointed in the way she was written, but uh, you know, Gemma Chan I think did a fine job. And no, no real problems with her. Okay. Uh, Richard Madden as Icarus. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you. I I like the character. Okay. There, his love for Cersei, 100% agree. They had they had no chemistry. Hmm. They didn't really show us how or why they fell in love you know we just got to see that they were married um but i liked his character i i like a stoic leader Hmm. and everyone looks to him to be the leader even when ajak is there he is looks to be the most powerful of the group and so everyone's turning to him to kind of be he's basically I, I don't know, well I, I don't know military rankings very well but he's kind of like the captain where ajak is a general yeah sure the captain is on the field of battle while the general generally isn't yeah which is why uh, this is an interesting dynamic in this group i think it, it is interesting that ajak chooses cersei uh, as the second in command, and that of course becomes a point of contention in the movie, because uh, even during the movie, I'm like, oh, Icarus like seems like the natural choice. He's the basically Superman, <laughs> yep. you know. So it just feels strange that he's not uh, chosen to be second in command. But of course, that's also explained, and I think there's a really good um, in-world reason for that, which is that uh, which is Cersei's love for humankind, and that kind of comes back to like the, one of the central themes of the movie, so, which Ajax as well has developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, we're not. They don't show. We're just told. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm sorry you didn't uh, enjoy Icarus. I found him great. Uh, I love the. I guess for lack of a better word, I love the heel turn. Uh, yeah. And it and it made sense. He is a. He basically is a military man. Totally. Yeah. He when he was told why they were here, it didn't bother him. He's can a, oh. can I draw a comparison? which I'm not even sure works, but I'm going to do it okay. because it's just in my head. Um, their dynamic is almost similar to a movie that you and I both really like, uh, which is Crimson Tide. <laughs> Denzel and Gene in that movie. Denzel, his love for humankind and his desire to save the planet from harm at any means necessary is at odds with Gene Hackman's desire to follow orders. Oh, I love you so much right yeah. now. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's a, it's the exact same dynamic. It is the same dynamic. Yeah. And, and it worked for me then, and it worked for me now, honestly. Uh, yeah, I had I had a really great time mm-hmm. with Icarus. I I loved, uh, I I really I I really did enjoy his heel turn. Mm-hmm. I I had a I had a great time with it. Uh, next up, anything else on Icarus? No, I the only thing I would really say is that I I hope that even though I had my suspicions, I didn't mean to imply that his heel turn is like. Uh, out of character or anything like that and I don't think that's what no. you're saying no 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 uh, but I just like to clarify that that uh, it's a totally reasonable thing for this character to have done because we've seen uh, like one of the one of his character traits that's very well developed is his uh, you know his following orders yeah. <laughs> he's you know he's a soldier yep yeah. totally and to be honest I agreed with him hmm. even though like I'm human I obviously <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want to see earth destroyed yeah but like if I'm if I was him you would have made the same call. I'm not human. Yeah. My race of people, even though I'm basically kind of a synthetic being, I'm here to help. And, like, they make such a great argument 
because Earth's death would result in billions and trillions of other lives. Mm-hmm. So why are we worth that sacrifice? Yeah. Who knows? And <laughs> to be honest, that's maybe maybe a part of this movie that rubbed some people the wrong way is at the end of the day, this movie makes a compelling argument that we don't deserve to live. <laughs> like any of us. Yeah. At the end of the day. I know. I talked about this in non-spoiler, but it fits in well here. The scene with, um, oh God, I keep forgetting all these characters' names. Uh, uh, Fastos. Yeah. The scene with him at Hiroshima uh, <gasps> when oh. he is sobbing. Like, this is somebody who has had nothing but faith in humankind up until this point in the movie, and he has been pushing to give them greater and better technology so that they can advance themselves. And then he sees what humankind is capable of when given the A-bomb, and he is sobbing, saying, these people do not deserve to live. That is a power... I'm literally getting goosebumps on the back of my neck. I At this point in the movie, I was kind of already not really enjoying myself, and then that scene came around, and I went, whoa, that is a powerful fucking moment yeah that was one of my favorite moments in the movie he has a couple really good scenes <clears throat> i love when he's talking about giving them the engine and they're uh <laughs> and they're like they're not ready for this he's like let me introduce you to the plow because it plows because it plows <laughs> yeah it was a pretty good scene yeah um yeah it was it was good well let's just jump ahead then to brian tyree henry as fastos mm-hmm. since we're there we'll, we'll jump ahead i didn't have him next uh the first openly gay superhero. Yeah, I was uh, I was going to bring this up. Uh, I was watching this movie with Emma, and I turned to her um, when it was revealed that he was gay, and I was like, first gay superhero? Why haven't I heard more about this? Yep. I mean, I also avoid spoilers at all costs, generally, but even in the days following the movie, when I haven't been avo- avoiding spoilers for it, I haven't really seen any chatter about this. Isn't that sad? Yeah. I- I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox here. Sure. Um, let me say this. One of the things that people have seemed to enjoy is the diversity in this cast. Hmm. There's white, Asian, black, Mm -hmm. uh, Indian, whatever, whatever Kamal uh, Nanjiani is. He is of South South Asian, I believe is the term. South Asian, yeah. I don't know if he's Indian. He could be Pakistani, so I I don't mean to uh, insult him in any way. Very diverse cast. And then we have an openly gay superhero. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard, the, I haven't heard the praises sung about this, and yet, all leading up to this, I kept hearing about the lack of this in the MCU movies, mm. and everybody, not everybody, a lot of bitching and complaining. Totally. And then it happens, and it's, it's not being, really celebrated all that much. Is it not being celebrated because it's too little too late? I don't know. I can't speak on behalf because I am a straight male. Yeah, that was that that was basically my only thought because I have been kind of disappointed to not see this discussion. Maybe I'm just not looking hard enough online, but I haven't seen this sort of discussion. And what you just said is my best explanation for it, which is that it's 2021. Gay marriage has been legal in Canada for close to two decades now. Like, this is... This is like literally the least they could do, <laughs> right? At this point no, in the time, the least they could do is what they did in Star Wars, which is when, they, when we saw a quick kiss. Oh yeah, a quick little kiss. That was that was the least they could do. Yes. Disney really went out on a limb for that one, having like a couple of frames of a same-sex kiss. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. 
not only uh, was I happy to see this in the movie, but honestly, they they made this character one of the most interesting ones in the entire movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. And I I love, I, I really did love, um, I really love this character. Fastos was one of the highlights of the movie for me. Totally. And his passion for his partner and his son and his passion to save these people is easily explained because he has fallen in love Mm -hmm. and i loved it i absolutely loved it yeah uh i will say his explanation uh at his home of why he doesn't initially want to join them felt a little thin to me a little bit contrived in the sense that like he's just gotten word that the world's gonna end in seven days and his response is well i can't go because i have to take care of my son like motherfucker your son lives on earth Like, (laughs) like you're gonna need to to nip this one in the bud but I mean, I get it. It is also in line with his motivations and what I was saying earlier about him losing his faith in humanity and regaining it. That just that I don't know. Something about that felt a little rushed to me. Fair. Yeah. Fair. <clears throat> Angelina Jolie is Thena. Mm-hmm. Now I did find a note that she her originally she signed up for this movie because it was her part was supposed to be like almost a cameo. Oh. And then they really expanded the role. So then she kind of really dove into it. Hmm. I found the character of Athena interesting and fun. I loved her power. That ability to summon and create those weapons. Yeah. That was great. I really enjoyed the aspect of the... I can't remember what the disease they had that she called, but it basically kind of... I guess it wasn't really a disease. It's that her programming didn't set in yeah so she carried the memories of her past lives or past missions is it i, I don't know how it's pronounced i think it's mad weary yes yeah what is it okay. yeah. it's m-a-h-d-w-y-r-y yeah mad weary yeah i really enjoyed that aspect mm. and uh, and then her uh connection and companionship with Gilgamesh mm-hmm. who was another highlight for me loved Gilgamesh played by Don Lee who really reminded me in both his tone and his acting style as um, uh, Benedict Wong totally from absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a great time with Gilgamesh and Thena I, I loved their dynamic I love that he had such affection for her, not in a romantic way, mm. in a very brotherly way, that he was going to basically spend eternity taking care of her. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, I think that was that was a good relationship. And Angelina Jolie, I mean, is a very talented actress, yes. of course. And uh, I, I thought she did great in the movie, which is surprising. Um, like, this is not really based on anything, but my assumption would be that she would just be kind of above these movies agreed right like <laughs> i don't know if that's maybe off base to say but no. like she doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would be into this and she seemed super into it yeah so. it, she just doesn't seem to me as someone that wants to get into a franchise yeah it'd be like brad pitt joining the mcu right you'd be like whoa <laughs> you're like <laughs> actually the ultimate person who i could never see joining the mcu or franchise is dicaprio oh yeah right like I, I, that would ju- I would just be like, are you? Or like our friend Dan Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, like, that would just be weird, right? <laughs> oh, but wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> but wouldn't it be weird? No. <laughs> I'm going to have to try and figure out who I would want Dan Lewis to mm. play. 
I'm gonna sit on that for a while. Um, as far as uh, the Angelina Jolie Mad Weary storyline, I yeah. thought that was a really interesting uh, direction, I guess, for them to take this character in. I was interested to see uh, how they rectified it. Yeah. I don't know if we got a great conclusion in the end to that storyline. I don't. There's no conclusion. She still has it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll have to see that for save that for a future movie. Yeah. But I I would have. I was curious to see where it went, and I was disappointed a little bit that we didn't see the conclusion of that quite here. Fair. Totally fair. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Salma Hayek is Ajak. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have a special place in my heart. Obviously. She is a, a past girlfriend. Ah. Yes, she is. She would have been... Hold on. I actually did the history of my girlfriends with somebody recently. Mm-hmm. Was that with? Oh, it was with my, but my good friend Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Past and future guest. Oh, yes. Uh, was it Kyle? Must have been Kyle. Had to have been Kyle. Anyways, uh, I think Salma Hayek was my, I think my f- fourth. Hmm. Alyssa Milano's number one, <laughs> and then Sharon Stone, and then Salma, number three. It's like a history of celeb crushes. Yeah. Slash girlfriends. Slash girlfriends. Yeah. How long has Charlize been on the throne? Uh, <laughs> cl- it's got to be almost two decades. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I, was anybody going to knock her off? I don't know. Lupita? Not a chance. No? Lupita's a distant second. <laughs> Is she even second? I'm going to have to take a look. I think and, I thought she was second. I remember you saying she was second for some reason. She was second for a while. Yeah. Maybe she needs to do something that I'll watch. Now, I was going to say you should watch us. Yeah, but, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Ajak is a decent character. Let, hold on, let me get this. I'm gonna let me touch on this because this was something that actually did bother me about the movie. Mm. Or maybe there's a way to explain it off. Either way, the Celestials create the Eternals to come to Earth and to protect them and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're created. Why were they created with accents? <laughs> and why was one created deaf? Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that that is a, is a fantastic question. <laughs> you would think that the ideal way for the Eternals to be created, if you were all powerful and all knowing, would be to create just like twelve cookie cutter people, or however many Eternals there are. There's like a number of just cookie cutter. Just give them all a shit ton of powers, and just don't even really give them identities. Yeah. That would kind of be the way to do it, but yeah, I don't really know. I honestly don't know. Uh, okay. Um oh. On on I guess the note of like the bigger grander scheme of uh quote unquote the plan. Yeah. Like the capital P plan. In my opinion, it's the kind of thing that makes sense as long as you don't think about it too hard because <laughs> once you start to think about it, the the gears start getting crossed a little bit like um if we find out that the Eternals uh, purpose is to uh, populate the planet. Basically they're, they're farmers, as you put it. Yeah. Uh, their, their job is to create enough life and to maintain life on this planet in great enough numbers so that uh, the planet can be repurposed, I guess, as, uh, to, to create uh, a celestial. Yes. Right. Um, so then uh, that in my mind kind of interferes with, uh, why would they be instructed to not interfere with human genocides if they if they want to maintain as great a population 
as possible. Why would they? Uh, they were told not to follow or uh, not to interfere in any human conflicts that don't involve the deviants, right? Fastos answers that. Does he? Yes. He what says, does he say? Because it's during war that their advances in technology Aha. increase dramatically. So tis. So tis. Which then increases the population on the planet. Okay. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Which is sadly true. <laughs> yeah. I do think that their um, their explanation in movie uh, of why they can't interfere with non-deviant affairs um, where humankind needs to needs to grow on its own that's a little a little thin that's a little weak in my opinion i'm just like you're telling me that the reason that they didn't interfere in the holocaust was because the technological advancements that came out of world war ii were justification enough for it or the reason that they didn't interfere with slavery was what so a bunch of people in the south could wear cotton clothing like like i don't know certain aspects of that just felt felt like a weak explanation for me again i could be looking looking for fire where there isn't any but i don't know it it felt like a weak in-universe explanation i disagree okay yeah i understand your complaint but now we're looking now we're getting into the deep details of everything and like while this is going on where were the avengers yeah right Mm -hmm. so you you can poke plot holes into everything Uh so Diving in deep like that, there's no movie that's going to be, there's no, there's no more, there's no movie that's bulletproof. Mm-hmm. So, I understand your complaint, but you're. Uh, I'm I'm you're, uh, you're, I'm Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the diner scene in Looper right now, just asking questions where there's no satisfying answer to be found anyway. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. The the answer they gave that Fastos gave was good enough for me, mm-hmm. and I'm not again, that that's the difference. Your, I was watching a movie I was enjoying, so I'm not looking for things to pick apart. Mm. You didn't enjoy as much, so you're <laughs> finding plot holes that suit your need and make it fun to make fun of. I guess so. Yeah. Be the same if I wanted to pick apart Shaun the Dead. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck you. That's, <laughs> no, they explain it here. I'm like, no, they we, we literally did an episode on that where <laughs> that exact thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's the same thing. I don't, I'm, I don't disagree with what you said. Mm. The explanation they that Fastos gave is good enough for me. Hmm. It wasn't good enough for you because I was enjoying the movie more than you were. So it okay. makes there's nothing wrong. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not saying you're fucking wrong, Sam. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> hey, no, fuck you, Manny. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It it doesn't it for you. It doesn't satisfy your thoughts on it. Mm. For me, it did. Yeah, so that's I was enjoying the movie, and that's the reason why. Mm. So I don't. I I'm not disagreeing with those points you're making but for me it, the answer they gave was satisfying enough for me fair enough um kumal nanjiani as kingo a character that basically didn't need to be in the movie and basically wasn't at the end yeah he saw the conflict coming and was like mm, no i'm good this is the comic relief character that i was talking about early on hmm. i'm a i'm a big fan of kumal I never saw The Big Sick, but I know you really liked that movie, okay. right? But th- as soon as I said I'm, the, I'm a big fan, I'm like, that's the only movie he's been in that I like. I haven't watched any... I don't think I've seen anything else that he's been in. Hmm. Like, I know he was in a movie with uh, Dave Bautista called Stuber. Never heard of it. It's basically a comedy version... I think it's basically a comedy version of Collateral. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, 
but he is so incredibly charming and great in the big sick so i was really excited when i heard that he was cast his attempts at being the comic relief in this movie i'm not gonna lie were almost as bad as ezra miller in justice league Oh man, he didn't approach that level for me. I'll agree that his comedy didn't work. It did in work. this movie. A lot of misses. Um, some hits for me personally, but uh, definitely some but hits. More more misses than hits. Yeah, but that's almost what, like he was almost inconsequential in this movie. Yeah, and he like yes, like I said, he did have a couple. He did have a couple good comedy lines that hit. One of them is in my favorite quotes. Me too. Yeah, and um, but for the most part. He's, like I said, he's almost inconsequential. I, his, his story of kind of wanting to be famous, I did get a good chuckle how he is his own great grandfather, grandfather yeah. <laughs> in the history of film. Yeah, um, with the posters on the wall behind yes. him. That's a fun scene. Yeah, that was fun. The problem I have, now this is me being a fan of musicals, mm. is watching him try to dance in that Bollywood scene was rough. Because mm. he, and he's fully admitted he's not a dancer and he did some training to try and look at it but i while i am not a dancer eh, i'm not I, i've heard some stories i thank you but <laughs> i've never taken a lesson yeah i i have an above average ability to dance as a male okay as a straight <laughs> as a straight male <laughs> so but i'm a big fan of musicals especially obviously singing in the rain mm. where i see arguably the best on-screen dancer of all time in Gene Kelly. In all honesty, inarguably. Um, yeah, it's him or Fred Astaire in my opinion, but yeah. whatever. Uh, watching someone like that do dancing is uh, a visual treat. And when you're used to that level and then you see Kamal trying to do these, I'm like, it's rough. Uh, but that's me being a little picky because I'm a fan of dance. So yeah. why are you trying to pick apart this movie, Manny? Because <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, I, I I don't really have much to say about Kamal. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much said it. Uh, the comic relief character, uh, honestly, his uh, his valet has a couple of good lines. Yeah, uh, his valet worked a little bit more uh, for this purpose than he did himself. This whole thing of him trying to shoot a documentary at the same time, uh, that didn't didn't really do it for me. Yeah, I'm with you. A C- couple of misses on there, but every now and again, uh, you know, he had a couple of hits, and we'll we'll get to those when we get to favorite quote. Um, the the only other thing I have to say about him yeah. is, uh, even though his dancing is subpar, uh, he got absolutely shredded sure for this movie. His arms are massive and apparently he was told like you don't have to like you're not going to be one of the main heroes you're not going to have to go shirtless like you don't have to work out for this movie and he's like yeah i'm going to be in a marvel movie i'm going to look good yeah and he looks great in that outfit yeah. that, that, his arms are fucking huge in yeah that they scene. are yeah, yeah he, look, he look good <laughs> anyway look good. yeah that's enough of that uh next up is Le- uh leah McHugh, i think McHugh as yeah. sprite mm-hmm. i can't remember if i said this to you when i saw the trailer hmm. uh it's in the word Eternals. Yeah. They are obviously eternal, immortal. Mm-hmm. So I was very confused that they cast a kid. How are they... Uh, uh, How are they going to explain her... Growing up yeah. in the sequel. Yeah, totally. And so I was like, well, I'm like, they must kill the character off. Hmm. They don't. They don't. 
And what they do to explain what's going to happen to her, I hate it uh, a lot, actually. Oh, oh yes. Please elaborate. Yes. So she has a, apparently also she's she's grown envious of the of the humans and their ability to age, mm. and she's uh, upset at her fellow Eternals for they all look adult, while she has looked like a child for millennial. A millennium. Mo- millennia, is a millennia is the plural of millennium. Yeah, yeah, a millennia. So her. <laughs> Cersei gaining the ability to turn a eternal into a human uh, is basically a, a Das Ex Machina. Oh, totally, dude. Totally. And, and I was just like, oh, huge eye roll when it happened. Mm. Uh, and a, a complete, I, I was there with Kyle. I was like, I told him flat out, I'm like, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. I understand the reasoning for the exact reason I just gave. Because there's, unless Liam McHugh is ineligible to age in some way, uh, even in three years, she's going to look completely different, mm-hmm. which would be hard to explain. So I understand the movie's reason for doing it. Like from a movie production slash yes. direction standpoint, especially from a franchise building standpoint, it makes yeah. a ton of sense. Yeah. But from an in-story standpoint it's, it's it was, hor- it was horrible nonsense they should have just killed her off yeah <laughs> they they sh- they should have killed her off and like gilgamesh live yeah because i loved him mm-hmm. um sprite we haven't really talked about a whole ton uh i didn't like the character i uh, wasn't a fan of this character very much at all i uh, with respect to the actress, I don't think she was particularly well performed. There's a couple of lines. There's a couple of lines that were uh, kind of sounded like they were off a teleprompter or off a script. Um, you know, it, I really didn't like the performance of the role, and uh, frankly, the character being the best friend of Cersei for thousands and thousands of years, um, and then turning around, turning around and stabbing her in the back, both li- literally and figuratively, because she is in love with Icarus. Um, just was so underrealized for me. We I don't know if Sprite and Icarus had an interaction before it was revealed that Sprite was in love with Icarus. It was uh, it was disappointing. I I didn't really care for the character. I was also hoping for her to be killed off. <laughs> yeah, she deserved it, <laughs> especially considering she betrayed her family. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I, when that happened, when she said she was going to go with Icarus, I actually leaned over to Kyle and said. Oh, she's gonna betray Icarus. Yeah, that was my thought. Mm. And then when it found out that she really was in love with Icarus, I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." She was just fucking horny for Icarus, so she was just willing to let all of humankind die for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. I had no problem them saying that Sprite. They they mentioned it earlier on in the movie that Sprite like loved Icarus. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think it's uh, I think it's Kingo Kamal that yeah. me- that mentions it a couple times. Mm-hmm. So them not showing an interaction between Icarus and Sprite didn't bother me because there are literally thousands of years hmm. that we didn't see on screen. Yeah. So they obviously had interactions. She would have fallen in love with him. <clears throat> didn't bother me. Hmm. But her betrayal of her people and then uh, subsequent survival. I guess maybe her. Uh, punishment is being made human so she will grow and die maybe yeah not an eternal anymore bitch yeah you're eternal no, yeah what's the opposite of eternal a temporary yeah. a temporal 
no idea. We'll have to workshop that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Makari, the deaf speedster. I wanted more. Liked the character. Didn't clue in that Makari <clears throat> is the, um, in this world, would have been the <clears throat> um, uh, inspiration for Mercury, the god of speed. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, Makari. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, a very fun and interesting character. Yeah, I would have, I would have liked more. I'm always a fan of speedsters. I mm-hmm. love the Flash. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm happy didn't happen. I'm happy we didn't get the slow mo speed shot in oh, this like, movie. Like we get the X Men one. Yeah, like yeah. don't. Get me, I have no problem with like the Quicksilver one in X Men. Uh, but like it's been done. Like we've been there now. So I'm glad that we're finding other ways to communicate speed on film. The first Quicksilver one in the X Men movie. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one's. Uh, that one's the better one. Yeah, the one in the room. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. The next one they did where the, he's saving all the people from the exploding mansion. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, no, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I love that we didn't get the slow-mo thing. Uh, big fan. Uh, yeah, could have used more. Again, I don't understand why the Celestials made her deaf. It doesn't really Seems make like sense. Seems like a dick move. A little bit. A little bit. Wait. Yeah. No. Yeah. She, no, she's deaf. Yes. Because I, I was like, but like, she can she can sense vibrations and whatnot. She's got a little bit of Daredevil stuff going on, right? Yeah, yeah. not well, not quite, not quite the same thing because Daredevil's blind. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, would have been nice to have a little bit more of her. Uh, that's fine. I mean, this is a movie with a large ensemble cast at the yeah. front, so yeah. obviously someone had to fall by the wayside. Next up is the character that you really enjoyed, uh, and I'm we're pronouncing it was Barry Keegan. Sure, yeah. I honestly can't remember. That's fine. Um, I'm familiar... Druig. Yeah, Druig. I'm familiar with this actor from uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, a gotcha. movie that you haven't seen. Haven't seen it. Um, I think that's all that I know him from. I think I looked at his filmography. I thought there was something else he was in. Oh, Dunkirk. Oh, naturally, yep. And yep, that's right. I thought there was something else. Dunkirk. He's going to be in The Batman. Oh, he was in a couple episodes of Chernobyl. Which I never ended up watching, actually. That's so sad. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't see anything else in here. He like he really did look familiar to me when mm-hmm. when I saw him. So Oh. Yeah, okay. I saw him in The Green Knight. I recognize him from that. He has oh, a, okay. I think he's in one scene in The Green Knight, which I never wound up seeing. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to have to rewatch Dunkirk to see where he's in cuz I don't obviously I don't remember any of the character names in Dunkirk. Um because character names don't really matter in that movie. Yeah, much. I don't know if anyone's really named. No. Uh, I Go ahead. I like this character. Like I mentioned off the top, I think he had a lot of potential, which didn't quite come to fruition for me. The performance... I, I It wasn't my least favorite in the movie, um, but I probably could have used a little bit more from Barry Kagan. But... Uh, I agree. You know what I actually would have liked is an mm. older actor in that role. Mm-hmm. He a lot of his time he came across as a little petulant. Yeah. Which is hard for me to understand when you're thousands of years old. Yeah, this character should have been bit, uh, bitter. Yes. Th- this character should have been old and bitter. And uh, I'm actually just realizing I share a birthday with this guy. I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. October 18th. Way to go, Barry. <laughs> Way to go, uh, Barry. Um. But yeah, I would have liked this character to have come off a little bit more embittered. Not that a younger actor couldn't have pulled that off, because it would still make sense in this universe for a young character to be old and bitter. Um, but I just didn't get that portrayed 
you know like i didn't that didn't come across in his role um i think uh, i'll just reiterate this his this character's story is really fascinating to me and i could have used like a full movie of just this guy like he has the power to end genocide and to control humans and he wants so desperately to use it and we even see him have his own little like cult colony thing at one point in this movie which is kind of like proof of concept he's like hey look at how well all these people are behaving if they don't have the opportunity to kill each other like it's great it's it's utopian and you'd think he'd be a little more frustrated by that. And I, I was sad that we didn't see more of this character and mm-hmm. explore that a little bit more. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I'm like, how long do we want this movie yeah. to be? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hey, Marvel isn't going to stop making movies anytime soon. So. Um, and then lastly, the last of the Eternals uh, is Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Who is gone, in my opinion, far too soon. Very soon. Yeah. Uh, I love them, though. I love... Gilgamesh is actually a character from the comics I do know. Mm. Um, Gilgamesh is, has been a part of the Avengers, uh, but Gilgamesh in the comics, I have again, I don't have any problem with this, but he is—he's a white boy in the comics. Gasp. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't um, uh, Ajax? Ajax is a dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So doesn't like I said, doesn't bother me. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, I don't care enough. Doesn't bother me to care. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed him a lot. I love that, you know, his... I, I really enjoyed their powers of that, I guess, gold in scripture over top of their hands when they use their powers and Angelina Jolie's ability to... Uh, summon weaponry. Summon weaponry. Mm. Uh, the visual style of that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time with Gilgamesh. I really enjoyed... There was a funny moment when... Uh, they go to recruit Gilgamesh and Thena, and we discover that he's made his own beer with his uh, fermented spit. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the comedy moments that really worked for me with uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. When he, he's like it, mid-sentence, and he's not even thinking about it. He just takes another sip of it and spits it back. He's like, get yeah. the spit beer away from me. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny moment. Uh, I was Yeah, I had a really great time with Gilgamesh. I really was sad to see him pass away. I love... I love that... Thena had to witness it and couldn't do anything to save it because she was dealing with uh, Madware. Was that right? Mad, uh, Mad, Mad Weary? Mad Weary, thank you. Um, yeah, just a, a really great supporting character. Uh, I wish he had survived and Sprite had died. Uh, speaking of uh, the being that killed Gilgamesh. Yeah. The uh, deviant. Yes. Uh, seems Crow, I believe his name is. That his, I was just going to say that it feels like a, an odd decision to have a secondary villain in this movie like not even really have a name uh the inclusion of this character in the movie and the attempted um inclusion of him in the climax of the movie felt like a mess to me i didn't really know it it felt like the screenwriters didn't really know how to use this character a crow yeah okay yeah I just felt like um, he, while the Eternals are battering, battling and Icarus is the is the big bad at the end of the movie, this character, Crow, just shows up and then they he just kind of joins the fight and then they're fighting him and Icarus. The same, it just like really felt like they didn't know where to put this guy, what his motivations were going to be. Um, yeah, it was a it was a head scratcher oh, for that's, me. You know what? That's totally true. Again, yeah. I was just enjoying the movie too much to notice that and yeah. and care. But it, that totally. makes total sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, uh, in the movie, we had Kit Harrington. 
as Dane. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, just real quick, can we just agree that hearing the words "I love you, Cersei" come out of Kit Harrington's mouth was a surreal experience after having watched Game of Thrones? Yeah. It's uh, it's actually mentioned in my notes. That, that, that got some pretty big chuckles. Yeah, him and Rob Stark basically competing for the same woman's love. Yes, kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, Dane Whitman. Uh, there is uh, Dane Whitman is actually a a, a character, uh, a superhero, who which I gathered from the uh, conclusion of the movie and the end credit. Yeah. Uh, his uh, his character is called the Black Knight. Right. That sword he has is the ebony blade. I can't remember the exact problems with that blade, but it is it is cursed, mm. and that's why the voice you hear says, "Do you actually?" Or I think he says, "Are you sure you're ready for this?" Do you know who that was? I do, but I didn't at the time. Okay. So in having researched this movie, yeah, uh, in the intervening days, I've discovered that's Mahershala Ali. Yeah, who plays Blade? Correct. Yeah. I oh go ahead please. I haven't seen any of the um is it Wesley Snipes who plays I haven't seen any of the Wesley Snipes Blade movies. Really? I'm not familiar with the character. Oh. <laughs> the first one's really good. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> that was a that was hard R superhero movie before Deadpool was a thing. Like long before Deadpool was a thing. Yeah. The Blade movies are kind of attributed to actually saving Marvel the mm. company right. itself. Um uh, so, it was it was good to see Kit Harrington again. Um, I am very interested. I don't know much about the Black Knight, and I don't know exactly the curse of the Ebony Blade. I, in my mind, I think if it if the Ebony Blade tastes blood, then it continues to seek it out. Mm. I think. So it's like a feedback loop, I guess. Like the more he kills, the more bloodlust he has or something like that? Something like that. And I think that's the reason why Blade is there. Because mm. Blade is like, it's it's basically like a vampire sword, mm. right? I thought when I heard uh, when I heard the voice, I actually thought it was Jonathan Majors. Who is? A character you haven't met yet because of a show you haven't watched. Gotcha. But he, it's it, it's not a big reveal. Uh, Jonathan Majors is going to, it's not going to play. He plays Kang who is basically the next phase is Thanos. Ah, I see. Kang, uh, Kang is going to be the, the big bad for the course of the thing. There's a, there's no Kodos? Kodos. Ah, oh, that's a, that's a reference you don't get for once. Oh, wow. The, the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. Shout out to the Simpsons fans out there. Um, that's the cast. Uh, I don't know if there's much left to discuss. I think we were pretty in-depth. Um, I... You know what? Actually... Let's touch on. Well, let, let's touch on the one major, a, a couple major things. Then, okay. let's touch on. Uh, let's just circle back um, to kind of like one of the scenes that you and I like the most, and that's the Hiroshima scene. Yeah. Where against Holden flashback. Where, I can't remember who Fastos is with. Is it Ajax? I can't uh, remember. I, I can't remember. Who I else genuinely is can't remember. Doesn't matter because he's stealing the scene anyways. Mm-hmm. And we're in Hiroshima, and the bomb has been dropped. Isn't it funny how Nagasaki never gets mentioned? Yeah. It's always <laughs> it's the Ringo star of cities that have had an atomic bomb dropped on yeah. them. Yeah. Nobody ever cares about Nagasaki. We always yeah. talk about Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, 
I just really want to circle back because it is, like you said, it, as we were talking about, it was giving you goosebumps. Um, Brian Tyree Henry kills it in this scene. Totally. It's really well done, and it really does it does wonders for his character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to touch back on that. The battle, uh, for me, it came as a bit of a shock, not so much for you, but the mm-hmm. uh, Icarus Betrayal um, reveal sure. was a really great scene. I loved seeing how he lured Ajak uh, and then allowed and then got the deviants to kill her mm-hmm. and then replanted the body. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really cool. I was having a really great time at that. Because um, I I had before the before the reveal I knew that Icarus had betrayed them but I was I was curious as to how he would kill, how he killed Ajax without it making it look like it was him. Gotcha. So this was, as soon as this, I was like, oh my God, he's just going to kick her over the ledge. <laughs> what a fucking dick move. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoyed, I enjoyed the, um, I guess the reasoning of why there were more deviants on Earth. Um, they were just frozen mm-hmm. in, the, in the ice and with the climate change. Climate change, and, they, yeah. were, they were real. I enjoyed that. Um, and then the, I guess the extended scene at Druig's, um, camp is, uh, crow attacking everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and the other deviants. I thought it was a, a, a really well done action scene. Altogether. You're talking about the, the scene in which, uh, Gilgamesh dies, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess that like the big final battle, uh, Icarus versus his family, uh, was another one I really enjoyed. Mm, yeah, I think is. I just wanted to kind of give them a little bit of a, a shout out. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm just looking through my notes right now to see if there's anything else that I missed, but I I I feel like I've exhausted my notes. All right. Well, then let's dive into a little bit of trivia. I don't sure. have much. Um, Gemma Chan was actually already in the MCU. Um, she played um, a character in Captain Marvel, um, Ma Minerva. Is right. Her name. Yeah. I while I was researching for this movie, uh, I was looking up Gemma Chan's uh, cast list to see what I knew her from. Turns out it's Crazy Rich Asians. But yes. I saw that she was in Captain Marvel, too. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who is she in that? Um, uh, toward Here is the note. Uh, toward the end of the film, Dane Whitman confesses his feelings for Cersei by proclaiming, I love you, Cersei. Yeah. Uh, this caused a considerable amount of amused reactions from film audiences who were familiar with the actor that was portraying Dane Whitman, Kit Harington. His prior role in the TV series Game of Thrones, which features a character named Cersei, which bears a similar pronunciation to Cersei. I, uh, Emma has not seen Game of Thrones, but oh, I, really? I, I had to take time to considerably explain why I was laughing <laughs> at that part. Um, and then the only other one I have is Angelina signed up to play Athena because of her desire to support Chloe Zhao's vision mm-hmm. uh, and Marvel Studios' commitment to expand the way audience sees superheroes nowadays. Perfect. That's yep. it. Uh, I do have some casting what ifs, uh, some ones that kind of shock me. Um, Charlie Hunnam, Alexander Skarsgård, and Army Hammer were considered for the role of Icarus. Hmm. I think. I mean, I know Army Hammer is uh, untouchable right now. Yeah. As far as I understand, I don't know the specifics, but I have. I've heard some. Yeah. But not enough to offer an informed opinion, so I'm just going to leave that alone. Yeah, but uh, I think he would have done a good job. I agree. Um, I, I like him as an actor. But I guess we're probably pretty lucky he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So dodged a dodged a bullet probably yeah. on that one. And Alexander Skarsgård. Which one is Alexander? Is that uh, is that Pennywise the clown? Yes. Or is that 
No, that's Bill. That's Bill. Who played? Who is the voice of Crow? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So then, who's Alexander? Uh, it's True Blood. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Neither, never I, never that, watched that, it. I think that's what he's famous for. Oh, I don't okay. watch it either. All right. Yep. I uh, I can't really offer an informed opinion on that one. And sorry, the last one was Charlie Hunnam. Uh, of uh, of Pacific Rim. Triple Frontier? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I was not going to say that. You know I was going to say Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I don't like I wouldn't like Tim. I, I mean, I have no attachment to the man. I'm sure he would have done okay. I mean, I, I think they did a fine job with uh, the casting. Rob Stark. I have some pretty big names for Druig. Go on. Let's go with, uh, okay, uh, Luke Evans. Uh, I think he was uh, uh, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, if I'm not mistaken. Never watched it. No? Very handsome man. Not the new one, anyway. Yeah, don't do it. It, w- it won my... Oh, Jesus! Yeah. Apologies to the headphone users. That probably sucked. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, Beauty and the Beast won my uh, worst picture of the year. Sure did. Yeah. Was that the first inaugural? Could be. Pretty sure. 100%. Is first inaugural a... Uh, is that redundant? I think it is. Inaugural is the correct... Yeah, okay. Correct. The first annual. Yes. There you go. Therefore, inaugural. Are you looking up Luke Evans? I am... Yeah, I am trying to stall while I find out what he's in, but... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it looks like just uh, Beauty and the Beast. Apparently, he's in the Fast and Furious series, which I haven't watched. Um, you haven't watched any of them? I watched seven. You watched the seventh one? Yeah, because it was a huge hit, and my friends wanted to go. <laughs> that's, that's literally the only one that I've seen. Wow. Yeah, I know believe me i know wait is that the last one with what's his pickle yeah that was the one that came out uh paul walker died while shooting i think okay um okay so and that's why that one got like a ton of uh ton of press yeah hold on i want to I wa- actually i want to touch base on that because we'll probably never talk about the fast and furious franchise no we should do the fast and furious franchise really no <laughs> <laughs> that's two that's two months yeah that's that nine was- movies as of uh right now in november of 2021 yeah and the 10th one is confirmed yeah oh god okay <laughs> 10 fast 10 furious <laughs> okay i want to say this i did a rewatch of the fast and furious franchise i think about two years ago and i had fun with some massive eye rolls you gave a four to one of them i think I did six if i believe might have been five might have been might have been five yeah five i think I, it must have been five because five, i think five is is easily considered the best one. Oh, okay anyways i do want to say this their handling of saying goodbye to paul walker at the on the at the very end of that movie is so incredibly well done not a shocker to anybody i fucking cried I was I was sitting there sulking in the theater for most of Fast Fast and Furious Seven. I think it's just called Furious Seven. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, I was sulking in the theater. I'm like, how to get dragged into this is so stupid. I hate my friends bring me to this. That Paul Walker conclusion is fucking powerful. It's and it's, very tasteful. It's so tasteful and such an incredible tribute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ha- when they pull up to the stoplight together, like that's literally that's just an iconic moment now. Yeah. Of of him saying, uh, "Hey, you're just gonna leave without saying goodbye." Oh man! Like you're literally like getting choked up right I, now. <laughs> I, got, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Uh, talking about Fast and Furious right now, which I haven't even watched the series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. We're doing a Fast and Furious franchise. Mm. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's that's the least known. Next up, Remy Malik. As a, sorry, who are we talking about? Druig. Druig. I think he would have done. He he would have been good. Yeah. Probably the big old bug eyes. Yeah. This last one, huge name. And exactly what I was looking for. I don't know if he would pull off 
what you and I were discussing, how we wanted an older character hmm. for this one. But are you ready? Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. This this character just being, like, old and bitter and maybe a little bit, a little bit bland even. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. That is the pick. Yeah. That was the move right there. That's, that's too bad. I imagine he was probably shooting Matrix 4 at the time and couldn't do it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or John Wick 27. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't, I've only seen the first John Wick. Same here. Loved it. Never bothered with the next couple. Neither have I. However many there are. Do you know now. who's begging us? He's begging us to do the John Wick series on here because he wants to come on for two and three. Hold on. Wait. Um, I'm going to say... Gonna say Wes. No. Ah, T Bone. No. Damn it. Who? Charts. Really? Yeah. Because he hates the second one. Really? Yeah. Charts. Charts like he's like the next time I'm coming on, he's like I want to do a movie I hate. He's like because he's like I want to come on and rip something apart. Charts has had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to do Spider Man three with us. I know. I chastise him for not doing it. Uh. But I believe uh, if if any more Star Wars are in the future, is he is he not lined up for that, or is that someone else? I got somebody else. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Someone okay. that is a massive Star Wars fan. And actively hates those movies. All three? Two especially. Or which, like or yeah, eight, the s- eight. Yeah. He hates. Which is such a frustrating thing to me. I, I know a lot of diehard Star Wars fans hate eight the most yes. of all those movies. And, he, and it is so not the worst. We, it is so not the him worst. Him and I got into a heated discussion just a few weeks ago. Rise of Skywalker is a turd of a movie. And you yes. can quote me on that. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we will be talking about that at some I, point. I'm, I'm actually, I have not watched it since it was in theaters. Me neither, and I can't believe that we're probably going to. No, we are going. We to. are it's going the, to. It's, yeah. it's on the books. It's on the schedule and as of like two hours ago. Yeah. We put it on. The and books. I'm not lying. I'm looking forward to it to rip that piece of shit apart. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to do nothing but sing the praises of the Last Jedi, just so you know. Yeah. I'm we should. Say. We should actively just try to praise the last jedi and just come off as blissfully unaware of like the press that it's getting and why people don't like it we should just release a glowing review i think that's the one that my friend chad wants to join us on because Sweet. he wants to just fucking tear it apart i don't get it man i really don't the points he makes are understandable from a, a massive star wars fan. I'm, I'm gonna have to his, research that like a debate his like as we tangent off his displeasure for the last jedi is the same type of displeasure I have for the X-Men films by Fox. Yeah, but you watch those. Like, don't you? Like, you you go back to watch the X-Men movies from Fox from time to time, don't you? No. You don't? Oh, I thought that you did. I was just doing a rewatch because I hadn't seen them in a while. I was like, I oh, I'm like, I need I needed a series to rewatch. Uh, so I did the original trilogy, hmm. the the Brian Singer trilogy. That was rough. Yeah. <laughs> rough. The other ones going forward, I think I have five left. So I've got First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. Dark Phoenix. And Dark Phoenix. So I have four. I watched Dark Phoenix this year, and it's bad. Hmm. That's what I've I've heard. (laughs) There's one incredible, incredible action scene in it. Like, it is so well done. Still not worth the price of admission. (laughs) I remember hating Age of Apocalypse. I remember being entertained by Days of Future Past, and I really enjoyed First Class. Yeah, I think I've told you, I the only of those movies that I have seen of the X-Men movies are uh, First Class, Days of Future Past, and then Logan when it came out. Logan is Those are the only ones that I saw. Amazing. Yeah. So amazing. 
Okay. Wow. I went off on a tangent. Why did I go off on that tangent? Tangent on tangent. Well, you were talking about uh, hatred for Last Jedi being similar to X Men. Wow. And then we were talking about uh, Star Wars. We were talking about Chards wanting us to do the John Wick trilogy. Right. Because he wants to do a bad movie. movie. So, yeah. Spider Man 3. Because yeah. Keanu Reeves was supposed to play Druid. Okay. Okay. We're Woo. done. We got there. We did. And we're back. All right. <laughs> Favorite quote I have four. Okay. Do you want me to go first? You go. All right. Number one from Thena. We have loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. Number two. It's from Druig. I've watched humans destroy each other when I could stop it all in a heartbeat. Do you know what that does to someone after centuries? Could our mission have been a mistake? Are we really helping these people build a better world? We're just like the soldiers down there, pawns to their leaders, blinded by loyalty. Number three is a little back and forth between Jack and Icarus. Dad, that's Superman with a cape and shooting laser beams out of his eyes. I don't wear a cape. That was so strange. Uh, several DC references in this movie. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last one is between uh, Druig and Kingo. Kingo, the movie star. I've directed some things too. That's what I got. Uh, we have some overlap. Uh, right. I, I have three. Uh, one of them is just the line, they don't deserve to live. And mostly the, the delivery is what sells that. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, Kingo, the movie star. I've directed some things too. And number three. I've watched humans destroy each other when I could stop it all in a heartbeat. Do you know what that does to someone after centuries? Could our mission have been a mistake? Are we really helping these people build a better world? We're just like the soldiers down there. Pawns to their leaders, blinded by loyalty. My winner is, even though I said I didn't enjoy his comic relief, I'm going to go with Kingo the movie star. I've directed some things too. Yeah. Now, granted... Uh, why don't you reveal yours and then I will actually... Yeah, mine's going to be the long quote okay. uh, about, yeah, from Druig, from Druig about okay. uh, watching humans destroy each other when he could stop it. Yeah. Um, we should have mentioned this before we started our quotes. Um, this movie had only been... You and I had only seen it once in theaters. Yeah. And the a lot of the quotes that... I would say 99% of the quotes that I get for the movies, I get from the quote page off of IMDb. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't get to see this a second time... Um, I I had to really lean heavily on that page, and there's not a lot in there. And a lot of the enjoyable quotes that I remember that I remember liking, I can't remember them verbatim. Yeah, totally. so uh, when I get a chance to watch this again, uh, I'll probably find a quote that I would like uh, probably a lot more. Than yeah, this. and uh, same here. Even like my first quote candidate uh they don't deserve to live i honestly can't even remember if that's the proper wording that's just what i had in my notes yeah uh favorite scene i have five go for it i have uh the icarus betrayal reveal Mm -hmm. uh the reveal of the eternal's true mission which is when uh cersei goes back to see erishem erishem uh crow attacks the camp set up by drug slash gilgamesh's death Mm mm-hmm um, Icarus versus the Eternals and the Hiroshima scene. Mm. Those are mine. Uh, I'm just going to add um, the Druid camp attack. Okay. Because uh, I do like that. Uh, so uh, with that, I have three. That okay. attack, uh, I have uh, the Hiroshima scene uh, and Erishem visiting Earth at the end. 
uh, oh. the the shot of uh, of him yes. again a, another great shot of the scale yeah. of this of this being is is awesome so uh, that one as well perfect uh, my winner I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's yours as well mm-hmm. the Hiroshima scene yep that yeah. scene was the bomb oh Jesus Christ. sorry too soon <laughs> so much okay sorry. all right closing <laughs> credits are there any Oscar worthy performances in this film uh, I don't think so I'll give a shout out to Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos yeah. Good job. Wouldn't put him in the Oscar category, but yep. uh, he's the best performance in the movie. Uh, what other aspects of the film are award-worthy? Um, it's very well shot. I'm uh, I'm wondering if you'll give it a cinematography nod. Um, I probably wouldn't, but it's a very good-looking movie. Okay. Um, I mean, visual effects, as always, with Marvel. Um, you know what? Uh, Marvel has a reputation of having like some bland scores. I kind of liked this one. Mm-hmm. I, no- I noticed it a few times and thought it was uh, it was fun. Again, don't know if I would nominate it, but it deserves a shout out. Okay. Um, I don't know. Other than visual effects, I'm really not too sure. I would probably go with visual effects. Yeah. Cinematography, I don't think overall it was good enough to garner a nod, but good enough for me to shout it out. Yeah. Uh, I'll agree with that. I don't think the costume design is worthy. We're not talking the same level as, like, Black Panther. No. Um, Same with, uh, like, uh, art direction, set direction. So, yeah, special effects. Uh, It'll get a nod, won't win. Sorry. Doing sweeping up those categories. Hell yeah. And, yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. Okay. Uh, Weak link of the film. Uh, The script is uh, kind of all over the place (laughs) for me. Uh, I, I think that... I would love to point to like one character, like maybe point to Cersei's being underdeveloped or the romance being underdeveloped, but really just the the character arcs kind of go nowhere for me okay. in this movie. So uh, I'm just gonna go with the script. Fair, uh, I, I, because I enjoyed the film too much. I can't use that, mm. and I wouldn't. Uh, so weak link for me is Sprite. Yeah, good call. Yep. Was this anyone's career highlight? Uh, I'm sure it was probably a few people's. I would yeah. say it's probably Gemma Chan's. Uh, I mean, Chloe Zhao was fresh off an Oscar win, so probably not hers. Um, Are you calling this Gemma Chan's career highlight because she's the lead of a Marvel movie? Yes. More than the success that she garnered from Crazy Rich Asians as a supporting character? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go with that. Go with this being her career highlight? Yes, correct. Okay. Do you, do you concur? Do you dissent? I do. You dissent? I do. You think For, Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Okay. For now. We'll see. See where this role goes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can, I can get on board with that. All, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, uh, other than that, what's, uh, what's Rob Stark's name again? Richard Madden. Is that right? Yeah. Richard Madden. Yeah. Uh, obviously Game of Thrones for <laughs> him and Kit Harrington. No contest. Okay. Angelina Jolie. No, no. Her career Salma highlight Hick. is marrying bad Brad Pitt. <laughs> Salma Hayek. No, no. Kit Harrington. No. Kamal. No. Brian Tyree Henry. No. Liam. What, what is Brian Tyree Henry known from? He has. A supporting role in Widows, if Beale Street could talk. Oh, yeah, he's, um, oh, I can't remember their character. Uh, uh, he's the, one of the Mannings. I, I want to say Jamal Manning. Yeah. Because his brother, Daniel Kaluuya, is Jatem Manning. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, he had a minor role, a uh, voice role in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hey, let's see. Okay, that was not one there. Looks like he was in a couple episodes of Boardwalk Empire. Nope. I think this... He was uh, in BoJack Horseman. He was? Yeah. 
One, oh. episode, one episode. One episode. David Tyree Henry. As Cooper Wallace Jr. And uh, Strib. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know who he is. Okay. That's a, that's a weird couple of roles for him to be. Okay. Oh, no. Never mind. <laughs> His career highlight. He's on Atlanta. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There was, there's some Atlanta fan listening to this right now just seething that it yes, took us that long. <laughs> totally. Because I, I knew that name. Uh-huh. I knew that he was famous for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Leah McHugh plays Sprite, probably. Yep. Barry Keegan or Kyojin or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. The Irish need to figure out their spellings. This is a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, um, we didn't, it's, pro- oh, it's probably his, you right? You know who we didn't talk about? Who? We didn't talk about Harry Styles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not his career highlight. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, anyway. As Star Fox. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really do a lot for... I mean, not that he had much to do in this end credit scene, either. I got super excited because I know the character. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, it's fucking Star Fox! <laughs> the animation on his... On Pip? S- on Sidekick was bad, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I assume it's because it's in the, what, mid-credits, I guess? Yeah. I assume it's because of the mid-credits uh, that they didn't pay much attention to it. Yeah. Much like how the first time we see Thanos is in the end credits and he looks bad. bad. He does not look good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I assume that's it. Uh, MVP of the film. Uh, you know what? I'm. Oh, going wait. To... I want to circle back. Go ahead. Is this Chloe Zhao's career highlight? No. No? Because she just won both Best Picture and Best Director, right? Correct. For Nomadland. Yeah. So, I- I'd go with that. Okay. Uh, MVP of the film. Uh, David Tyree Henry for me. Fastos. Oh, nice. I'm going to go with Brian Tyree Henry for now. Ooh. If this movie continues to garner a large number of, a, l- a large amount of money, I might go with Chloe Zhao. Aha. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah, that's fine. What will be this film's legacy? Um, I think we touched on it right at the beginning. It's, if not the worst Marvel movie, it's, it's lower tier Marvel movie. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I didn't enjoy the movie. I like, if you read online the reviews and the reputation this film is garnering, I think it'll gain a reputation as probably one of the worst Marvel movies. Sadly, I can't disagree. Yeah. It's not lower tier for me. Yeah. It's It's not even lower tier. How many tiers are we going? Yeah, I guess we've we've delved into this conversation with Pixar before. That's gonna be a whole thing. Um, I mean, I usually I usually default to a three tier structure. Upper, lower, middle. So that gives me nine movies in each. Then. Yeah. What do we say? Twenty six movies. Twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. Okay, then it might be in the lower tier. I don't have it. I don't have it ranked currently. Yeah. I mean, it's not in the upper tier. We're we're only still on one watch as well. Like. Probably take some time to marinate, but but I can't disagree with your assessment because that is easily the majority. Mm-hmm. So that is the correct legacy at this point. At this time, would you watch this movie again? Yeah, I mean, for all the bitching and moaning I've done, still a Marvel movie. I mean, it's still a part of a greater whole. So both for completionism, and you know what, I I kind of wanted to watch this a second time because I, I want to for all movies that we review, especially ones in theaters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would I would reluctantly. <laughs> I would totally watch this again. Yeah. And I really wish I had today like we had discussed. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend this movie to friends? Uh only if they're already a fan of the MCU. If not, I'd say skip it. Hundred percent. If you're if they're a fan of the MCU, I'd be like, watch it. If they're not What's the point? I wouldn't recommend any Marvel movie to them. Yeah. <laughs> 
by definition, you're not a fan, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to recommend it to you. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, so this was kind of a letdown, Eternals, for me, oh. um, in, case, in case you didn't gather. Uh, I have no complaints about the length of the movie. Two and a half hours, I, I didn't really feel it. Um, there were some complaints about the pacing of it, but I, like, not by me, but, like, people, commenters online, uh, I I didn't really have those same problems. My my problems were specifically with character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt like there were a lot of opportunities for interesting arcs to be fully realized that just dropped short for me. I thought that, uh, that David Tyree Henry's character was underdeveloped. Barry Kagan's character uh, wound up not having... Uh, much to do after his initial introduction after uh you know setting up his character they didn't really do anything with it same with angelina jolie's madness um will probably likely be uh you know touched upon in further movies but it felt like a lot of setting up the pins to be knocked down in future movies um so it was kind of a bummer as a standalone piece that i I didn't really feel a lot of satisfaction from it it's a very competently made movie uh chloe zhao i think is a talented director movie looks really good i have no problem with the cg um the fight scenes are the fight scenes it it feels like a marvel movie in the conclusion for all the people saying that this is uh something different from marvel by the time we get to the third act i feel like i'm in a marvel movie um so yeah i was i was bummed out i'll still probably revisit it from time to time i want to at least watch it one more time before i you know fully dismiss it because (laughs) but uh yeah, I don't know. I was I was just let down. All right. I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great time. I I enjoy the Marvel movies. Like I said, I'm I'm still waiting for them to drop the ball. Uh, I don't believe this is even close to dropping the ball for me. Uh, but I completely understand everyone's problems with it. I can't really defend the problems that people have with it. I can't say they were wrong in their assessment because they're not. Hmm. But I was having such an enjoyable time that I was willing to overlook some of the problems that people do. I think this movie is gorgeous. I love how different it looks and how different it feels from the rest of Marvel. Not that I w- I'm not getting superhero fatigue, and I never will. Not hmm. with Marvel hmm. because I love superheroes. I've loved them my entire life. I DC will. needs to try harder. DC does need to try harder. <laughs> but the the all, the other problem with DC, I don't care about those characters. I didn't collect DC comics, so I'm, well, I'm DC doesn't care about those characters either. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that and that's one of the differences with Marvel. I grew up reading Marvel comics. These characters, I didn't even specifically the Eternals, but even the movies in the rest of the MCU, I didn't really collect a lot of those comics. But Marvel has the Marvel universe has always intrigued me and I like what they've done with the MCU. This movie I had I had a good time. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I agree again the final battle feels like every other Marvel movie. But that doesn't bother me. Yeah, you like every Marvel movie so I, I, <laughs> so I like them. I'm like give me more of what I like. Yeah. Uh, but the I think the way the story is told, the uh, the broken narrative, the use of flashbacks, the uh, the diverse cast was nice. Again, I guess maybe I guess maybe because I'm a minority, I 
honestly didn't really even notice that there was a diverse cast. I, and I'll be honest, I don't even really notice when it's an all-white cast because I don't care. Hmm. As long as they're telling a good story, I don't care the color of the people on the mm-hmm. screen. I'm sorry. I don't. If you tell me a good story. Watch out, Manny. Knock at, knock at the door coming. Could be Pitch all black. In hand. Could be all white. Could be all Asian. Tell me a good story and I don't care. Yeah. You I have don't. no idea what color the people in Crazy Rich Asians were, right? Nope. No clue. Nope. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. I don't even know if they were the right ethnicity for the story they were telling. Mm-hmm. Was everybody in that... Was everybody supposed to be... I can't remember. Are they supposed to be Chinese? Japanese? No, definitely not Japanese. I think it's China. Yeah. We're Who gonna... knows? Yeah. Is everyone in that movie Chinese? No idea. Don't care. They told me a good story. Fair enough. Don't care. But, but a lot of people out there do care. And for a lot of people, representation means a lot to them. I hope that this is a step towards, um, towards that. The other thing as well, this was the first, well, this is the first woman of color to direct a Marvel movie. Totally. And that's a big thing for a lot of women out there to see, um, or to hear that a woman directed such a large franchise is a big thing. And it gives them someone to look up to. It lets them know that maybe that is possible for them. And if it does, awesome. I'm glad. So for that kind of stuff, I'm a big fan of representation. And I don't know. Tell me, tell me that every time you see Gil Birmingham in a movie, your heart doesn't get a little, a little warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. It, I, I guess it kind of does, but I, but I mean, I know that we both like him as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let, well, let, let's, let's go down that a little bit. Graham Greene is, uh, a, a Native American, or actually he's First Nations. He's, he's actually Canadian. He's from Ontario. Hmm. Um, do you know, when I speak of Graham Greene, yeah, you know well, I'm talking I, about? I know him as, uh, the sheriff, I from, believe is his role in Wind River, yes. but he was, uh, he was in a TV show as well, right? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, uh, I can't remember. He's from Dances with Wolves. There you go. Yeah. So growing up with him, Dances with Wolves is a, was an, a big movie for me. Yeah, but that's, that's super out of vogue. Hey. Yeah. Dances with Wolves is not very much in vogue these days. No. White Savior Story. Yeah. Didn't bother me. Yeah. I, White Savior Stories don't bother me. Sorry. Unless they're Avatar. That movie just not that good, other than the visuals. Uh, I, like I said, I've told that joke a million times. Uh, I liked Avatar. It was Dance with Wolves in Space. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. So I understand, fully understand. And if people are getting really mad that don't know me, I'm not white. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not white, yeah. and I don't have a problem with white savior stories. Mm. I I understand. You are arguably the demographic that should have the biggest problem with white yes, savior stories, right? Especially in Canada. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, but I don't because they're just stories. Well, and also because you're a person with your own opinions. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't disparage anyone uh, of uh, First Nations background who was uh, like ticked off by uh, white savior stories. Hundred percent. But you are a person with your own opinions. You're not just the color of your skin. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And I, like I said, I completely understand why a lot of people have a problem with white savior stories or with the history of Hollywood not having equal representation on screen. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. Totally understand it. 
But for me, it, it, has, it has honestly never bothered me. Mm-hmm. But to circle back to what you're asking, when I see Gil Birmingham on screen, I do get a little bit more excited. I did always get a little excited when I saw Graham Greene, and I always got excited when I saw Wes Studi mm-hmm. because that was an actor I always really enjoyed. Do I inherently have, uh, on the flip side, <laughs> mm-hmm. the reason I like those three is they are good actors. Mm-hmm. There's another uh, First Nations actor. His name is Adam Beach. Uh, I think he's a horrible actor. <laughs> I do not get. Do I know him in anything? Uh, he has a very. Have you seen? Have you seen the Suicide Squad, the first one? No. Okay. I haven't seen either. Have you seen Wind Talkers? No. Okay. Uh, I'm looking up this guy right okay. now to see if I do know him in anything. I don't. Trying to think of. Uh, trying to think of what other. Oh, oh, you have seen him. Uh, he was in Flags of Our Fathers. Oh wait, did you? No, I you didn't. Did? I didn't watch that. Right. Because that's uh, the. A companion piece to, to Letters, Letters from, from Iwo Jima. Jima. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Okay. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. He's not good in that movie either. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, is sadly not a good actor. I see. Uh, very successful actor. Not in regards to, like he's a superstar, but a, I think if you're looking at him in his filmography, I am. I'm pretty sure he's got a shit ton of credits. Yeah. A decent amount. Yeah. Pretty good. Lots of TV shows, I bet. Uh, let me scroll down the TV. Oh, yeah. Now we're, now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, lots of TV. He was in seven episodes of Nancy Drew. He was in an episode of The Good Doctor. He had a recur- uh, one of the main roles on Law & Order SVU for 21 episodes. Holy shit. Yeah, so- I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay, so he's had a really good career. I think he is a very bad actor. Hmm. Yeah, I think he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's bad. So I don't get a little tickled when I see him on screen. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do with Graham Greene, West Duty, and Gil Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Sadly, those are the only ones I know by name. Yeah. I don't think I could name another one. Well, actually, I could. I could name Eric Schwieg, but that's because he's one of my all-time favorite movies. Eric Schwieg. Yeah, you don't know him, trust me. Okay. <laughs> he's... <laughs> and I could name Russell Means. Um, Eric Schwieg plays the... Uh, uh, Jingaku's son in Last Mohicans. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It always amazes me how you nailed. You don't have to ease yourself into Jingachkuk. Yeah. It? You never have to ease yourself into that. That's amazing. <laughs> well, cool. I've seen that movie. You've seen that movie a lot. A lot. Is that ninety two? Yeah. Oh, so that's coming out. We've already seen it. We've already reviewed it. Though. Ah, shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing it again. Don't even tempt me. <laughs> don't even. Tempt me. That was forever ago, man. That was, that was so long ago. That was in the first like few months of oh, this podcast. Bad if I listened to that, it would be rough. That might even be the first listen. few weeks of this podcast. Let me take a look. You're gonna look up what episode Last of the Mohicans is? Yeah. Uh see. oh no 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 no, it's uh no, it's episode forty. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was it was the first fan selected episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Back before we were doing those just for Halloween. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That was a conversation I didn't expect to have. Same. In the middle, in the middle of this talk about the Eternals. Okay. Wow. We really, <laughs> really going on. Uh, the spark notes of that conversation is that I do. I believe in uh, representation in film. Yes. Being a being a net positive. Uh, obviously, um, you know, when it comes to the actors that we just listed uh, of First Nations descent, three out of four of them are exceptional actors anyway. Yeah. And deserve more recognition just purely based on merit. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that's my final thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts on Eternals. Yeah, that's that's girl, Gil Birmingham, who's not in this movie, is a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Gil Birmingham, do you watch Yellowstone? 
No, I haven't. Okay. I, um, I forget who that is. Is that Costner? It sure is. Yeah. Costner producing, not starring, right? No, he oh. stars. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who the showrunner of that is? I feel like I did. Oh, is that... Um, blah, 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 blah. I can't think of a name right now. Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, Taylor MFN Sheridan <laughs> of Wind River fame. Yeah. I uh, I know the fourth season just, um, just started last weekend. Fourth season? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't realize it'd been around that long. Yeah, and uh, I th- I think I'm about halfway through season two. Mm. I kind of go in like bursts. I'll watch like two or three episodes, then I'll stop for months. Um, not because it's not good. I just always get sidetracked with movies. Mm. Gil Birmingham's really good. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Shout out to Gil Birmingham. Shout if you're, out if you're somehow listening out there. We're fans, man. Yeah, we're big fans. If. Uh... <laughs> Watch Wind River. Okay. Yeah, Watch Wind River. Those Didn't get my... nominated for any Oscars, but it's <laughs> a really good movie. <laughs> All right, those are our final thoughts on Eternals. <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, this is loopy. Yeah. Uh, so Sam and I both uh, agree representation is a good thing. Let's get to the ratings. And Gil Birmingham is and awesome. And Gil Birmingham is awesome. <laughs> All right. Time for the ratings. Sam, what did you give? Eternals. Uh, well, I'll start by worrying you to say that this was not an easy call. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I toyed with both ratings God damn. that you would expect me to give. Um, I still don't really know. <laughs> there were moments where I really didn't enjoy this movie and it felt like a mess. Um, but I didn't hate it to the point where like I'm I'm gonna avoid it. Yep. I don't think even if it wasn't a Marvel movie, like even if we weren't completionists. Yep. I think I probably wouldn't avoid this movie. It can be a three. All right. It can be a three. But it's on thin ice, Manny. (laughs) If I watch this thing again and I still don't like it, I reserve the right to change that. That's fair. With prejudice. With that happens, don't tell me. This is a four. Yeah, I know. It doesn't deserve a four. No. But my enjoyment of this franchise elevates it. Uh, basically, elevates and that's it. what this is. Yep, that's what this. That's what the stars are. So yep. you know, no, Ele- uh, no bad blood. Yeah, easily elevates it a full point for me. Hmm. Um, upon rewatch, we'll see what happens. It probably might drop down to a three. Um, I wish there was a way that I could quickly look on Letterbox and just have the Marvel movies show up, but hmm. you can't. I'm sure somebody's compiled the list somewhere. Yeah, but I want to see what my ratings are. Oh, yeah. On them. So, interesting. Hmm. All right. Sam, what we got next week? So, we've, uh, to, to finish up 2021 here, and that is weird to say because it feels like it's only been 2021 for a couple of months, but uh, we've got a weird little mix of movies. Yeah. We didn't really have a series in mind for, you know, the last few weeks of the year. So uh, we just we just kind of picked a couple that would be kind of fun to do. And uh, end of the year is always Manny and I's busy season. So we wanted to just pick a couple that we know and enjoy and can have some fun with and won't require a ton of thought. Um, so next week, uh, in that spirit, <laughs> Starship Troopers. I don't know this movie. <gasps> Holy fuck, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I don't know whether I should be. I'm nervous and excited. I'm nerve sighted. I don't know. I totally know. forgot that we were honestly doing this movie. I am 
so interested in what your reaction to this movie is Your laughter be. is very concerning for me. Oh. But uh, next week, uh, episode 183, Starship Troopers. Am I going to love it? Am I going to hate it? Is it terrible? Find out next week, I guess. Episode 183, Starship Troopers. Sam, I'm going to say this right now. Mm. Hold on. How much do you know about this movie? Like nothing, basically. Nothing. Like n- I, I imagine, I, I think it's a sci-fi I'm pretty sure it's a sci-fi, uh, sci-fi movie. Okay. That's so basically it. let's have a little fun since you know next to nothing. Okay. Let's go. Oh, also, sorry, the gif that I sometimes send of I'm doing my part, I'm pretty sure is from this movie. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. You know the sh- the title, mm-hmm. Starship Troopers? Correct. Okay. You know nothing? Give me a basic idea of what you think this movie okay. is about. Starship Troopers uh, is... A classic movie uh, from sometime in the 90s. Let's go uh, 92. No. No. It's like 95, 96. It is a sci-fi movie in which um, there is a galactic government uh, who is trying to conquer the universe, uh, much like the Empire in Star Wars, and we follow... um, the soldiers that make that possible all right and uh and a couple of our couple of our heroes um begin to sympathize with those that they are conquering how'd i do oh okay i'm gonna try and clip that out okay and we'll play it again <laughs> next week okay before we start watching i love that okay that okay. was a pure guess like yeah i have i have no idea about this movie interesting <laughs> okay that'll be fun i gotta remember to clip this out okay and then I'll play it for you right before we start the review. All right. Wicked. <laughs> I am, my cheeks hurt. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I can see you I th- grinning. I think this is going to be a lot I of I think fun. that people can hear you smiling. I, thi- I, I, I honestly think this is going to be a really fun one to discuss. Okay, That's cool. why I chose it. Yeah. Oh I, uh, I trust you. Thanks. I mean, occasionally you'll give fours to movies like Eternals, but for the most part, you're, <laughs> you're bang on with your, uh, with your picks for this podcast. This is a- <laughs> <laughs> I... We'll discuss it next week. Yeah. But I picked this movie because I think there's a lot to discuss. Okay. I didn't pick it because of its, I, because I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I'm not going to reveal whether or not I love this movie or not. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot for us to discuss. Yeah. That's I, why I picked this. Movie. I also don't really know a lot about this movie as far as its reputation. Like there are some movies that I don't know the plot to, but I'll at least know like it was. It was uh, nominated for Oscars or something like that. Yep. I was kind of going with an assumption that it was a good movie. I genuinely don't know like whether I should expect a good movie, a bad movie. You're leaning me towards thinking I should be expecting something that's at very least cheesy fun, but I- I'm not totally sure. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there because the more we talk about it, the more info I'm going to get out of you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, this is... Yeah, I'm just fucking excited. Okay. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star rating and a positive review, it does increase the profile of our podcast. allows more people to find us. Once again, we truly appreciate everyone that does listen to the podcast. We appreciate all of you that take the time to listen to these very long episodes. It means a lot to us. We appreciate all the feedback that we get. Uh, if you want to find us on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. You can email us at sammanningmoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Manning Movie Podcast. If you would like to be a part of the show or submit your own top 10 list when we do the end of the year stuff, please, we would love to hear from any one of you. And you can send it to me on the aforementioned social media sites for the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm Manny Manuel. The Eternals will return. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios!